look at you, you little dirty ass nigga, you ain't shit. They used to tell me that I wouldn't be nothing. Yeah. Now Lamborghinis and Porsches, we stunning. Look at me now, nigga. Pull up, get your push and drop top, we roll out. Y'all niggas ain't shit. They look, act like they ain't no bet, they know nothing. I'm up, nigga. If I ever said fuck you. Nigga, I'm into When you come up how I came up Life's not gentle See that tear in my mama eye That meant the rental I prayed on it God didn't say nothing back So that cocaine you had We turned it to crack Had a couple grams of diesel We was just trying to make it A brown sheepskin on Niggas was trying to take it You know the kind of drama That come with the leather bomber Niggas try to jump You got to stay with the llama Suck shit Niggas get shot over some nana If niggas want problems I'm saying it's no problem I catch them on the late night in day Look back, look where we started from It's all been again, eh They ain't tell me where we come this far Now they feel it in the air When it's two of you and the skies is filled with stars Welcome to the Cold World Podcast I've been gone, I left I've been gone for a minute I told y'all I was leaving Shouldn't be too much of a surprise But we'll talk about it We'll talk about why I left um, we'll talk about the future of the podcast and kind of what I've been doing and just some of my thoughts, man, to end 2017 off. Um, this is what I wanted to be doing on my, uh, last day of the year. So let's, let's talk about it. So how's y'all year been? 2017 has been interesting. It's been interesting. I've been really blessed this year. Um, made a lot of changes this year, and you know we're gonna talk about it. But let's let's start. Let's let's just jump into it, right? Because I know there's a lot of folks that was getting at me like, "Yo, why'd you leave? Bring the podcast back. Your numbers were growing, all that good stuff." Um, and I love doing a podcast, man. That's one of my favorite favorite things to do. Um, but I made like a lot of changes. And so one of those changes was, um, I left the secure job, the secure nine to five type job I had and went and ventured on my own and, and started energy converters. And I'll go deeper into what energy converters is and why I made that move. But I had to get low. I had to get low and, and, and give my energy to that. Um, I haven't even published for myself all that much this year. I wrote a few chapters for the book I've been working on. Uh, Crack Baby Residue is coming. Hopefully. But that was part of the reason. I think the other reason, man, I just felt like social media just got trashed this year. I just, I got to a place where I just felt like like everybody's opinion started to carry the same weight and I don't think that that's I don't I don't think that's proper. And what I mean by that is, listen, man, if somebody is talking about surgery all right, on Twitter and it's a surgeon that's been doing surgery for the last 25 years and then some kid from a Utah suburb gives their opinion about surgery and they got more followers like that opinion gets to sit next to a surgeon. That's what 2017 was for me. It was, we got to a place where we just could no longer have 
like adult conversations. We we could not. There was just no gray in anything at all, and it was just difficult, man. It was difficult watching these conversations unfold. It was difficult watching people not give their personal opinion on stuff. Let's say a new album comes out, and instead of just saying how they felt, how the album made them feel, they had to wait until they saw what people on social media were saying before they gave their opinion. And I just think that that's whack. I don't I don't want to... I can't be... That, that's, that's just whack to me. Like, I don't want to be part of that. And then I think, you know, and that's tough because social media is a large part of the reason I was able to build out energy converters. It's, it's, it's something that I utilize. And I just, you know, I stopped, like, I stopped maintaining my social media accounts. Um, like, even when I do these things live, like, I used to have such a reach, you know what I'm saying, that it would reach out to a bunch of folks. But because I haven't done that later and had a lot of traffic coming to my stuff, like, I don't even know how many people are going to see this live that first go around, right? But that was just a large part of the reason why I just thought it was, I just think that we was getting to a dangerous, dangerous place um, where people could not express their real opinions, their real feelings on stuff. And we just couldn't have nuanced conversations. Like it was all or nothing. And nothing in life is like that. Like nothing at all. And so that was, and it was just getting on my nerves, man. It was just, it was too much. And then it was like all these like reports of crazy stuff happening and like people losing their careers and, and, and just for a whole bunch of different things. And it was just wild, man. It was just wild <laughs> and nothing good was coming from opening that up. Um, I think the best thing on social media I've seen is like, I love how adorable people feel like my parents are. I think that that's dope. I, I, I love how like every time I comment or say something to like my parents online and they see like my parents video and all that, like people love that. And I'm happy. Like that's, that's, that's that social media. That's the social media. I'm like, okay, this is cute. Like that's cool. Um, but that was a big reason um, why I feel like that innocence of it is gone and it's going to take a brave soul to like get us to engage uh, beyond a surface level on a, a platform that can be used in so many ways. And I just felt like it was just, I don't know. I, I just, I just didn't, I didn't enjoy it. So, you know, nobody's making you be there and all that stuff. And it might've hurt my business a little bit, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I hope it didn't. And I hope our work shines through. So let me, let me talk a little bit about what energy competitors is. So I had a really good job, man. I, I loved working at a school district, I, a school district that I went to, and I love trying to figure out those problems and figure out how to improve education for folks that look like me, man. Like that's just something, man, that's, that's just something that I feel really strongly about. And I'm going to get all the way real with y'all. So, oh yeah, happy new year. This is a, it's a nice glass of fire water. Um, Again, I don't care. For black folks, education has just not been it for us at scale for a long time. What do I mean by that? I think that we've been mistreated in those spaces. I feel that regardless of the delivery system, regardless if it's a traditional school, a charter school, even a private school, I don't think anybody has completely figured out how to best educate black folks, especially black boys or whatever. So and I say this a lot, education is one of the only industries in all the industries. It's one of the only industries that is not obsessed 
with the end user, with the satisfaction of the end user. For instance, I'm doing a lot of this stuff on Apple, right? I'm filming with all this stuff with this equipment. Apple is concerned with how I am enjoying their product, okay? Samsung is concerned with how you're enjoying their product. A candle maker wants to know if the candles that, that, that you are getting from them smells good and is to your liking. Tool pen, the pen that I'm holding up, wants to make sure that I am really having a good experience writing with their pen, and I do. It's the only pen that I use, right? Education is one of the only industries, and we I don't want us to get caught up on names and titles and all that stuff, whatever, industry, entity, whatever, that is not as obsessed with how students are receiving and utilizing their product. And I think that that's just inherently a problem. So because I've always felt like that, because I felt like education for black people, I've likened it to a broken refrigerator. And for 60 years, we have been putting milk in this broken refrigerator, okay? And then we get surprised year after year that when we go to grab the milk and drink the milk, that is spoiled. That is how, that is what the product has proven to be for black children in education, all types of education, right? So I am so down with trying to improve those systems, but I'm also down with how do we, despite this system, how do we build something where we can utilize that spoiled milk? So I used to live with my granny in Kentucky, Paducah, Lincoln Court, baby. And there would be milk in a refrigerator that would go bad. And I would be like, oh, are we going to throw that milk out? And she was like, no, baby, we about to, that's now buttermilk. Okay. And she would take this buttermilk and she would make other stuff. She would make like biscuits or whatever the case is. When there have been black people that have learned how to use these broken systems and make buttermilk biscuits, yo. Jay-Z and 50 Cent know how to make buttermilk biscuits. Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Gerard Carmichael have learned how to make buttermilk biscuits. Lena Wraith has learned how to make buttermilk biscuits. So in the process of trying to fix this refrigerator, which I will never stop focusing on, and I will never stop trying to help us as a people get that thing right. Again, I don't care what model of refrigerator, they ain't been working for black people at scale. I want to be able to help our people discover how to make buttermilk biscuit or whatever else they want to make. I have learned how to make buttermilk biscuits out of from the 11 elementary schools that I went to and the middle school and then the, high, the two high schools or whatnot. I did not, and I will say this again, I did not have a transformational school, like schooling experience. But what I learned is I learned how to navigate that stuff and I learned how to make that stuff work for me. You understand what I'm saying? So even in this doctorate program, like my colleagues are working to improve public education and I'm so, I'm so down for that. I'm so down for the systemic stuff that they're trying to fix and I'm with that. And what I'm trying to do with my research, with my dissertation, with my company, with my time, when I go give speeches, when I mentor people, those things, what I am trying to do and what I am obsessed over are two things. One is how to make a system that's been broken work for you because there are ways to do that. And two, I am obsessed 
with the end user experience. So my company, I started, is focused on getting those young people's authentic experiences out in front of you. And the way we do that, and what I truly believe is, I, this is what I believe social justice is, this is the tenets of my organization, this is how I rock. What I believe, with all of my being, is that we have three jobs to be just good citizens to like younger folks, and just the people in general that we care about, is to make them aware, to teach them how to navigate, and to instill a sense of duty. Awareness. I want us as a people. I want us as my friends. I don't care what color you are. I don't care where you come from. When I am talking about awareness, I want you to be aware of whatever it is that you're dealing with. So if it's education, I want you to be aware that this thing has not worked well for people with this type of skin for a long time. For a long time, right? And here are some of the reasons why jails have been built for black folks and brown folks. Here are the reasons why. Here's what that looks like. Here's how folks are trying to trap you. So now that you have a general understanding of how broken this larger system is, right? Now, I still have a, an obligation to help you navigate it. So if you live in a jungle, you learn how to live inside of a jungle, man. You learn what, what plants you can and you can't eat. You learn where you can and can't go, where are lions roaming, where are these snakes at? Like, you learn how to navigate. When I was growing up, whether it be in Chicago, whether it be in Oakland, whether it be in Kentucky, like there were ways that you learned how to move. You learned how to navigate. And the same thing can be said here because here's the, here's the catch. With my social capital, with the people that I know, with what I know about education, right? I could put my kid in one of these schools that's not that good, whether it's private, traditional, charter. And because of what I know, because I know how to navigate it, I'm going to get the most out of that school experience. I'm going to get my kid into a college. I'm going to make sure my kid has all the resources that a district or that a charter network or that a private school has to offer because I know how to do that. I know how to navigate and make that happen. I know how to get a, a, a counselor to change a classroom for my child. I know what classes my kid is supposed to take to, to get into college. I know what they need to do to get money for college, right? And that's the stuff that I feel that we, for the folks that have made it through that, we have a responsibility to be giving that stuff back to folks to help them navigate while people are working to change the system. Our kids can't wait. You feel what I'm saying? Like somebody that's poor can't wait for you to get rid of poverty. Okay. That's why some people go sell drugs. Like a single mom with three kids that might be stripping now, like could not wait for somebody to come and save them because nobody was coming. So, and then the last part of that is duty. Now that I know this information, now that I got this stuff, what responsibility do I now have to share it, right? And so with a young person, man, I'm, and this is the thing, we need to stop this other part where we are trying to make black and brown kids be teachers or be social workers. I was a social worker. I worked in education. But I don't, I think it could be, like if a, if a young person wants to do that, I think that's dope. But I also, I do this work so people can be free, yo. So you can be free to do whatever you want to do. So maybe you don't want to, maybe you want to be a, a stockbroker. All right, cool. Use this stuff to go be a stockbroker. Like I don't, I don't feel like I should make somebody be a, a, a um, 
to be in the nonprofit sector. If you want to do that, that's great. I like doing it. That's where the way I went, but you don't have to do that. And I, I, I have a problem when I see white folks telling young kids that they got to come back and be teachers. Like, if that's what you want to do, amazing, and we'll help you with that, right? We'll create a pipeline for you. But I want you to go live your best life and do whatever it is that you want to do that's going to fulfill you. Because white folks don't have to make those type of choices. They don't have to make that sacrifice. But when I talk about duty, there are things you can do within your person right now. So, for instance, if I teach a young person how to read their transcript, and I teach that young person how to go on online to make sure they got the right classes for college and their counselor is not doing what they need to. And I, and I teach that young person how to get that counselor to move. A young person can share that information with their friends. Let me tell you what that looks like. That looks like me and Johnny sitting together at the lunch table and Graves just came out. And I see Johnny report card. And he, he got it out. And I'm talking to him because I just went through my stuff. And I'm like, hey, Johnny, let's, let's, hey, let's look at your stuff together real quick, bro. Like, I just, I learned some stuff and it might help you out. If you go to this website, man, let's tell you all the classes that you're supposed to be taking. Oh, where? Yeah, man. Like you got this, uh, man, but you got two gym classes, yo. Like you don't really need two gym classes, bro. You should be taking another science class. And let me tell you why. So you got these type of options later on. Oh man, you failed this thing. Oh, hey bro. Like let's try to get you in a summer school. And you know what? Even if they tripping at the summer school, you can go up to the community college and do what's called concurrent enrollment. And not only, and your, your, your B is going to count as an A for your GPA. Like that's a, that's a way that young folks can give back. So I try to instill that stuff in my young people. And the way that we start that is in three phases, right? And the three phases are phase one is they just writing about their experience in school. Just tell me, I ain't giving you no prompt. Tell me how you feeling. Tell me what you like about your school. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me about the teachers you like. Tell me about the ones you don't like. Oh, that you like Miss J? Tell me why you like Miss J. What she do? Oh, you don't you don't like Mr. Scott? Tell me why you don't like bruh. What does he do? And write that stuff down. And then I edit it for him and I edit it with them. And what I do is, and these are young people that didn't feel confident in their writing, right? Because a lot of us don't, because in California only one in four black kids are reading on grade level. So I show them their first draft. Then I, I keep a, a, a copy of that. Then I show them in the middle of us editing together. And then I show them the very glossy finished product that they created. And they get so proud, man. Like, And I got like some kids that's like, they, they like some cool cats. You feel me? Like you can tell they don't normally get excited about school stuff. But when you show them what they create and what they're capable of, man, and like you giving praise for something other than just sports, you giving praise for something other than just dressing nice, you giving praise for like these, like, for, for something that they've done with their mind, with their brain, like you see it, like you see it. And I try to keep it a full buck with them. And so I got the funding to start that and I got 20 young people. So that's phase one. Phase two is now, all right, bro, you done wrote five articles, six articles. And these kids are getting published nationally. A bunch of them have been in the paper. Two of them have gotten the front page of the paper. Like they cooking, we cooking, all my resources, all my time, boom, right there, right? Now phase two is I don't want you just talking from emotion. I don't you feel these things, but now let's put some facts behind it. Now you about to learn how to do research. So we'll take all the articles and we'll find the 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 the, the trends in what they're writing. Hey man, you keep talking about these teachers, but what you really talking about is you really talking about teacher quality. So let me let me let me let's let's learn about what teacher quality is, right? So I'm like, 
Now you're doing research and now you're at the center of this conversation about teacher quality. Or maybe you talking about um, the potholes, like one kid, a few kids like driving, right? And they just, just learn how to drive. You're not just talking about potholes, bro. You're talking about like civic engagement, local government stuff. So now let's like really go deeper in that. What has to happen for you to change that? And then that leads you into phase three. And most of them will be in phase three next month or in about a month and a half. And phase three is like, what's your game changing project that you're going to do to impact not just you, but a whole bunch of kids. So let me tell you one of my favorite, I can't say, well, I do got, I, I, he ain't my favorite, but I don't have favorites, but this is my guy and he's been rocking with me since the beginning. So I have a kid, phase one, he's talking about, yo, I went to this school. I'm now going to my senior year. I didn't know about this engineering program that this school had. I did everything I was supposed to. I was a good kid. I didn't get in no trouble. And the adults that were supposed to take care of me didn't do what they needed to do. And I'm angry about it. So we write about it. Then in phase two, it's like, all right, so I don't, so other kids after me don't have to depend on adults to find out what's going on at their high school. Let me research all the high schools and let me put together um, a presentation. And I want to tour high schools and middle schools and talk to eighth and ninth graders so they don't make the same mistake I did. So now from this one kid that had this experience to where he didn't get the stuff that he needed, he has now created a presentation and working with principals to get in front of 300, 400, 500 students. Now multiply that by 20 young people. And these young people are doing stuff around different things. We got one student that's doing stuff around LGBTQ like rights and, and how students are treated. We got one student that's talking about how ethnic studies is just not something that they've been learning about and they don't feel like there's enough representation of them in their schoolwork. We got some other folks that's really trying to like say, look, as teachers, man, I feel like y'all don't know how to connect with me. So I want to work with principals around helping them figure out how to connect with me as a person first. So that's what we've been doing. And so my job has been raising money. My job has been putting this program together. My job has been being there for these young people. I edit a ton of a ton of articles. Um, and there's ways for folks to get involved. Uh, you can give some bread, but uh, with your time. Uh, we always allow folks to be guest editors. And guest editing just means that I need you for 15 to 20 minutes. And you just looking at a young person's work and making some slight comments, maybe cleaning up some, some, um, some grammar or whatnot. Uh, but then you invested and you invested in that young person's development and they grateful, man. So all my kids get a stipend and they all get iPads and keyboards. Um, and so they, they out here, man, and they working. So I had to get low to be able to do that stuff. I had to get low to now as I enter this space, this this I have a boutique education nonprofit. And I have to raise money for that nonprofit. I have to build out the program for that nonprofit. I have to make sure my young people are supported in that nonprofit. So I had to get low because social media was messing with my spirit and I wasn't rocking with it. Um, and then that leads into something else. That leads into what does it mean to be a black dude, a young black man that's that came out of whack education, right? That got that chip on his shoulder. That's trying to raise money in a field where... Black folks can't historically raise money. Like, what does that look like, right? Like, what am I learning? And so I went to Afrotech this year, and that was dope. And the one thing that I, I took away a lot of stuff, but the thing that stuck out with me the most was when on one of the panels, and they were talking about funding, and they said, believe the no, never believe the why. 
And what they meant by that, because they broke it down, is that you're going to hear a lot of no's. And very rare, rarely, it's seldom that you will ever hear the true reason as to why. Don't even expect it, right? So what you basically doing is you blindfolded. And you also in a dark room. And you got to find something that dropped. And so you on the ground feeling around trying to find this thing. That's what it sometimes feels like as a black founder in this type of space. And you, you, you try to figure it out. You try to, you find mentors, you find folks, you work on your pitches. You know, you take those nodes, you take that feedback and you go back with it again, right? Like, you know, you doing your budget. How much salary do I need? Do I, in year two, I want to actually have staff with me. How much do I need to raise? Is it 400,000? Is it 700,000? Is it $500,000? What is it, right? Like, what does that look like? So you have to ask these questions. What is my business plan? What do I want to be doing in three years? What does success look like? Is 20 a good number? Or what has to happen for me to have a cohort of 80? What has to happen for me if I want a cohort of, of 120? What if I don't want this to just be in Oakland? What if I wanted to be in Chicago and in Paducah, Kentucky, right? What if, so just building that stuff from scratch, um, that's where a lot of my time has been going. And so... I love it. I love that grind. Um, I mean, I think that, you know, I have to, I think it's just some things that you just got to sacrifice to do those things and you got to be cut a certain way and you got to be used to failing. And I hear no a lot and I make mistakes every day. And, um, you know, I, I think we can build something amazing. And if we fail, we dust off and we keep it coming. And I feel like if you're not failing, you're not being ambitious enough. So, I think about that stuff every single day. Um, there were some other things, though, that I did love about 2017. I loved, uh, I love little stuff. I love, like, Stranger Things. There's also this show called Goliath. Um, but there were, like, but Gerard Carmichael um, had an amazing year, and I'm so mad that they got rid of, that That I'm glad he ended his show um, because they was trying to play him. Um, Tiffany Haddish had an amazing year. Jay-Z had an amazing year. Um, I think 50 Cent had an amazing year. I think there's just so... Lena Wraith had an amazing year. Issa Rae, Insecure. I mean, those things, like, I'm really proud of those folks. All these people, like I said, that learned how to make buttermilk. All these people took spoiled milk and made buttermilk biscuits that everybody in the town want, right? And so I'm proud of those people like I know them. And I love Everyday Struggle came out this year with... DJ Academics and, and Joe Budden that just ended, but I think what they did in the culture was just amazing. Uh, Deezus and Mero, I think Charlemagne had a good year. Um, so I'm going to talk about a few of my favorite things, all right? So this morning, Chappelle just released two more amazing, smart comedy specials. So all four comedy specials that we got from him this year, man, are just amazing. And, and I think that, like, I'm in a doctoral program. I'm reading like all these scholars and these are some amazing minds, yo. I, I, I just, I think that the best philosophers, yo, are the people that I name, though, man. I, I, like in my dissertation, I'm gonna cite a lot of people, but I'm gonna figure out ways to get Chris Rock in there. I'm gonna figure out ways to get Murphy, to get Gerard Carmichael and, um, and Dave Chappelle in there, man. I mean, Dave Chappelle gives you so much like the history lessons that he's doing and the way he's rapping that in comedy and saying some real stuff 
even though he know people super sensitive these days and still just having the courage to do it, I salute you, bro. I love that dude, man. I, lo I love those people. Um, Jay-Z. I feel like Jay-Z's album just has a ton of stuff to just offer. And, like, I think that, you know, I think that his growth and kind of displaying that and just where he is and then going to that concert, um, you know, that was just amazing to see. Um, it wasn't my favorite Jay-Z concert. Though. I've been to other Jay-Z concerts. The one with him and 50 is my favorite one. I think that they was just both on and it was great. Um I think 50 Cent gave me one of my favorite songs, but still think I'm nothing. If you listen to the podcast, that was the song that started out the podcast. I might even finish the podcast with that song. And then, uh, and a lot of people don't like this album, which is fine, because this is what I liked. <laughs> Again, I don't care what the internet said. Um, I grew up with Eminem. Eminem has, between Eminem, DMX, Nas, like I grew up with those people, and they were able to like capture certain feelings and emotions that I had as a kid and like helped me get through a lot of stuff, right? So Eminem's album, while I don't love every song, but there hasn't been really any albums where I loved every song. I didn't love every song on 444 either. Some of those tracks, man, like are so visceral for me, like especially knowing how all those stories started. Um, like the track where he's like, look, my daughter is basically 22 years old and I was really young when I was going at her mom like that and me and her mom in a good place now. So I need to, I need to fix that. Or like, hey, my mom is old. I've been getting at my mom for however long, man. My mom is going to die soon. Like, I need to fix that. Or um, my favorite songs, you have to play them together, are Castle and A Rose. I think that that story of how, I mean, bro almost died, right? He almost OD'd. His daughter found him. Like, I think those are just powerful songs that you play together. And I like believe um, on that. But anyway, um, so... I mean, I don't think it's the best Eminem album, but that's really hard to do because he's incredible. Um, but I just think that, like I said, that it, it, I, I'm not, you can't, I don't respect folks that's waiting for the internet to tell them how to think, bro. I think that you whack. And I, I think that you whack if you do that. That's just what I think. Um, the shows, man, what Issa Rae did with Insecure, like first off, Firewater, hold on a second. What Issa Rae did with Insecure. And so, just to be honest, I didn't think I was going to like Insecure, right? What I thought was, is it's going to be like a, a black version of Girls, and I'm going to watch it to support so her numbers get up, right? And I think that she did a really good job of capturing, like, a male's perspective on stuff and just the arguments and, like, the conversations that would happen between black men and women after every show was just amazing. And I hope that they go more than eight episodes. I loved what they were doing. I, I just really, really do. That woman, that young lady is extremely talented. Lena Wraith, um, I saw her in Master of None. And so when she wrote and performed the Thanksgiving episode about coming out and being a, a gay black woman and all that stuff and how her mom dealt with that, fire. That was fire. That was That was so dope. And, you know, and I think certain things hit home for different reasons. Um, you know what I'm saying? So I think like as somebody who has like a sister um, that probably had to go through something similar, I, I, I think it gave me really good perspective into what some folks got to deal with. So those are just some of my favorites. Uh, I also like Star Wars. I loved it. I know, like I said, the Internet, 
I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how y'all feel. I think that we got the best fight scene ever in any Star Wars. Period. For me, period. So, I'm not going to spoil it for you, even though I think that's whack. I think y'all should have seen it by now. But I think if you ain't seen it now and you listen to this, you probably don't really care. Um, but I'm, I don't, it's fine. I don't, I don't want folks hating on that. So, and then I love Blade Runner. Um, and then in 2017, my favorite movie is still my favorite movie. Boomerang, son. Boomerang will for all, will, will always and forever be one of my favorite movies for always is what I say. And so those are some of my like just highlights of the year. Um. And here's the thing that I know I got a lot of questions from. It's a lot of my inbox. I got text messages about this. I've been getting text messages about this for months. So, you know, now that I'm doing another, this last episode, what's the future of the podcast? Son, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that there's a lot that I need to do between running my company, uh, well, building out a company. Right now it's an initiative, but building that out to be a company, I think, trying to finish up this doctorate degree, writing this book, um, and just my overall feelings about social media. I don't know if I'm going to go in and, and keep doing it in the same format in the new year. Um, we'll see. I don't want to lie to you. I don't want to tell you like, yeah, it's coming back every week. You feel me? I do love doing it. I love, um, I love like really jumping in and being able to talk to people. I think that that's dope, um, and I've been blessed to do it. So, but I don't know, man. And I and I kind of like having guests sometimes. I like when I actually get to have folks here, and we actually have a dialogue and conversation. So maybe we can work that out. Now that you can join on Facebook Live or Instagram Live, where I can FaceTime you in and we can like have a conversation. I think I might rock with that, man. So if y'all want to come on the show or something, holla at me. We can make that fun. Um, but like I said, man, I don't want to take up too much of y'all time. 2017, man, I, I, I it was a blessed year. Uh, I got to go see the Bahamas, which is just beautiful and gorgeous. Um, I got to do some amazing stuff. I got to eat some amazing food. I like going out and eating. Um, I got to knock out some goals. I set my new five-year goals. Um, I think I want to get back to publishing a little bit. Um I think now that my students, my young people, my fellows, I don't like calling my students, um, but I, now that they've published over 40 articles, I think I can probably jump back out there now and do and do a little bit more. Um, but yeah, but it's been a blessed year. And, uh, you know, here's to focusing more. Here is to making your dreams, you know, come true, outworking people around you, uh, competing with yourself and beating yourself. And, um, you know, I still believe all that stuff, man. And, yo, stay low, keep firing. Stay low, keep firing. The easiest thing for folks to do that ain't grinding and rocking the way that you are is for them to take shots at you, man. It's for them to, like, try to find a reason why you doing what you doing and they not doing what they doing. Um, In 2018, I want to hope that I can continue to keep taking responsibility for myself and to push myself past, you know, even what I was able to do this year. I think it's going to be a good year. I hope so. But you might not see me online, but you know how to find me. Um, 
And that's what's important, right? So with that being said, man, I will see y'all next year. I hope that y'all, whatever you do tonight, if you listen to this on New Year's Eve, that you're safe, um, that you're around people that you want to be around. I hope that you get to do the things that you want to do in the new year. And I hope that if you are miserable, if you are sad, if you are depressed, for one, everybody goes through it. Don't have these people's Instagrams out here fooling you, right? People be having real problems. So I hope that if that's if that's where you are and you're not happy with your lot in life, that you figure out what you need to do, who you need to change, uh, who you need to connect with, what circles you need to, to split from or join. And I hope you make the type of reality real for you. I really do. Because that's what I'm going to keep trying to do. So, with that being said, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I think we can all be better in 2018. Peace out. And I started from the bottom like a snowman. Ground up like round chuck and still put hands on you. Staying wound up, that's how I spend time. Sucker free, confidence high. Such a breeze when I pin rhymes. I just got that air about me like wind chimes. Another day in the life Used to have to scrape to get by Now my community's gated and I made it And my neighbors say hi I'm giving them pounds I'm upscale now Guess it means I'm way in the sky But I still remember the days up Minimum wage for general labor Welfare recipients is a minor Look how government assistance is major Adversity if at first you don't succeed Put your temper to more use Cause being broke's a poor excuse That should only give you more fuel Show why you're you so close Got it like I almost got it But close only counts in time bombs and horseshoes So I bomb shit No remorse, screw it, I'm lit And that attitude I blew upon quick That's why they called me firecracker I grew up on wick, 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 wick But a short fuse I got some important news to report to Anyone who thought I was done, nah, bitch, not quite. Spotlights back on top. My fate, where's yours? You, you still believe in me? Didn't I get everything I had to give you to make you see? I'll never forget if you turn your back on me now and walk out. I will never let you live it down. I'll never do it. Times. These thoughts can be harsh and cold as ice. To me, they're just ink blots. I just fling them like slingshots and so precise. So you might want to think it over twice. Maybe we talk and roll the dice. But who's going to?